Hey guys, what is up? It is Raul here coming to you today with the Better You Project. What I'd like to do today is I'd like to welcome Jeremy Allison onto the show. Jeremy Allison is a bodybuilder and a good friend of mine and someone that um, it, somebody that I've wanted to interview for a while. The conversation was pretty good. I apologize a little bit in advance for the audio. It is not the best, but it will make do for today. If you'd like, if you'd like what Jeremy has had to say, you can go and follow him at Jeremy Allison underscore on Instagram. It's probably the best place for you to check him out and find out more about him. He posts really good workouts. If you're into sort of bodybuilding type training, if you'd like to follow the show, you can do so at Better You Project Podcast on Instagram. And if you'd like to follow myself, please do so at Raul CFDU. Thank you very much for listening to today's show. Uh, take care and enjoy. Hey guys, what is up? Welcome uh, to the Better You Project. Uh, today I'd like to join on the show. Jeremy, how are you going today, brother? Good man, yourself? Yeah, not too bad. Crazy times we're in. Very crazy times. Very crazy times. But we'll try and keep. We'll try and make it um, training related today. So uh, let's start with your background story, man. Tell me a little bit about how you got into training, how you got so swole. We all want to know, man. <laughs> all right, so. Um... When I, when I was young, I was always into sports and stuff. So I played, you know, cricket, footy, uh, golf, um, all these different sports when I was a kid, even soccer. Um, when I decided to pick up sport, I pretty much chose uh, cricket to fall up on. So played pretty much all the way through to uh, like senior levels, um, playing state cricket under under fourteens, under sixteens, under nineteens represented Australia, so I did um, like under-19s in, in cricket, so I actually did quite well. I was in the second second 11 in the Redback squad of uh, South Australia. Um, and uh, yeah, so everything was going good, but then when I was, I believe I was 18 at the time, um, coming close to 19, I did a hamstring uh, injury. And um, so that sort of put me, put me down a little bit, but um, so what the physios thought it was, it was just like a minor strain. So um, had, a, had a few weeks off, did a bit of rehab, um, started getting back into it, and it, and it went again. Um, this happened about five times before. Oh, shit. Yeah, it happened about five times before they go, oh, all right, that's not right. Maybe we'll, uh, we'll look further into this and we'll get some scans. So I had like the, I think it was like a millimeter tear in the actual tendon of the hamstring. So that's why I kept going and going. Um, after you know a few weeks and that, so all it basically was was I just had a longer rest off, um, and in that period of time, I found myself you know not being able to play cricket, so I was in the gym more. So uh, I was looking at you know into more bodybuilding side of things, and um, you know obviously doing my rehab stuff as well. But then you know doing the bodybuilding stuff, started doing some doing some chest press and some curls. I'm like, oh, this feels alright, you know. So. Um, and then, unfortunately, by the time like I was right to go, I played a few games after being recovered as, as I could. Um, I just lost the passion for cricket, unfortunately. And then, um, yeah, so that's pretty much led me into going into the more bodybuilding side of things. That's cool. And um, did you always kind of, did your body just kind of naturally take to it when you first started doing it? Yeah, I believe so. Um, I, I noticed, uh, I suppose it was like newbie gains. Um, so, um, you know, looking the whole, not only just training, but the nutrition side of things, looking more into depth about that, I became interested in nutrition. So, 
you know, I was eating completely different to, you know, I was when I was 16, you know, I'd eat, you know, Macca's, Hungry Jacks and whatever, didn't really care about what I was eating. I was still always a pretty sick guy, um, just because my activity level, but then, you know, looking at more high-protein diets, cleaner foods, um, all that sort of stuff, and applying them to my weight training, um, yeah, I started uh, gaining some weight, so I've gone from 75 kilos to 80 kilos to 85, and I'm like, oh, I'm going to keep going and going and going, so... Um, the heaviest I got, I think, was about 110. Wow. And I was like, yeah, when I was like 22. But yeah. I was like eating it. Like, Just eating everything, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I've seen, I've seen photos from you, man, from, from when you were bigger and stuff like that. Like, yeah, it's pretty crazy. Because yeah. you're still pretty big, but like, it's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. yeah well, my, it, was, it, wasn't, it wasn't a good look, but it was definitely a very thick very thick look. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, so, when you first, like, did you already have, like, a background in, like, were you already interested in bodybuilding pre, like, the injury and that sort of stuff, or not really? Uh, not overly. There was a mate in high school that was getting into bodybuilding and stuff like that. And every time I went over to his place, he'd be like, oh, I want to go to the gym. You want to come with me? I was like, yeah, all right, we'll go to the gym. And I sort of did stuff that I'll do for cricket. So, I'd sort of do strength and conditioning stuff, which was very minor. Um, compared to what he was doing and you know when he was he had had all the bodybuilding magazines and stuff like that and I'm like man that's that's difficult why, why, why are you looking into that and he's like oh you know then training nutrition and all that sort of stuff so I actually suppose that he sort of sparked my interest uh, eventually but um, at the start I didn't really have any um, any real interest to be honest so yeah, no, that's fair enough. Um, so I know that you competed. When did you first do your first competition? So I competed in uh, 2014, I believe, was my first show. So I did a men's uh, fitness show. Um, had no idea what I was doing. Um, you know, the coach at the time didn't really guide me too well. So um, sort of left it up to myself. Um, like I'll say, oh, what should I do now? He's like, just X amount of, like, take this amount of carbs away or take this amount of fats away from you, from what you're eating. I was like, oh, yeah, no worries. So, um, so it was a very, yeah, it, was, it wasn't my greatest experience, but um, for myself, I really wanted to do something that was really not like me. So normally, you know, I'm still kind of a pretty shy person, but back then, like, very shy and never thought in, you know, in a million years that I'll step out in front of, Know, a few hundred people and, and pose in front of them all fake tanned and everything so it was the last thing that would be on my that was on my mind but um i suppose i put that challenge for myself to you know to overcome those those fears and um yeah so yeah 2014 um was my first comp and i came second nice second in that competition yeah and then from did you do other comps after that i did do um a comp two years uh after so pretty much when I came second, um, you know, I was pretty ecstatic with that. I didn't believe, I'll, you know, I didn't know how I was going to do it, but, you know, coming second, I was like, oh, well, that was really cool. And, um, and then I all of a sudden gone, no, nah, I want to come back and, you know, come first because, you know, a few of my mates was like, oh, I'm not being a bit biased, but I think you should have won that show and all yeah. this sort of stuff. And, but yeah, look, oh, I don't know, it is what it is. Uh, it was my first time, I'm pretty happy, but then after that, I was just like, now I want to come back and uh, I actually want to win it. So I had about a two years off season. Um, that's pretty much when I got to my biggest, biggest weight um, when I was like 22 and then pretty much stripped down and competed in 2000, yeah, 2016 
did a men's physique show and uh, yeah, won the overall that. So nice. Yeah, so I pretty much he said yeah, exactly what I wanted to do. So yeah. Yep. It was really all right, so now we'll get into some specific questions about like diet, for example. Um, so like one thing that I always really admire from anyone who competes in like bodybuilding or physique or any sort of like aesthetic type show is just the discipline that you guys can have with your nutrition. Like, um, you know, you guys can blow up and wait and then just take it back down and just not just cut down and wait, but like go so low on body fat percentage. So uh, would have been some of the lessons that you've learned about doing that or, you know, is it just a matter of discipline? Just talk about that for a bit. Yeah, um, so it definitely takes a certain person to be able to follow those uh, that, that discipline side of things, you know. Um, and I found uh, found myself, I, I believe, with cricket being disciplined um, had helped me along that uh, along those lines. And for me personally, you know, I'm quite a competitive person, so um, I always want to bring my best. So I never really want to, you know, skip a meal or overeat and um, completely below what I what I've been doing out the window. So for me, it wasn't too wasn't too bad at the start, um, but it, it definitely is a bit of a hit. You know, you go from say eating four thousand calories and then you know up to your peak week you could be eating less than two thousand calories. Um, so less than half of what you you know your body consumes. So it is uh, pretty taxing on the body um, physically and mentally because um, there, there is days where you're like you eat your food, it could be like a chicken and broccoli and that, that's pretty much it. And then you're like counting down the seconds till your next your next meal. Um, so it is, it is quite taxing. Um, there is, I suppose with diets and stuff, there's many different ways people people do things, particularly now, like from when I first started, it was like the, the bro stuff. So chicken, rice, broccoli, um, fish, broccoli, salads, you know, very simple, simple meals but they, they work but at the same time um if you're not getting you know regular reef feeds or you know having a cheap meal um it, it can be pretty pretty tough mentally um and even physically like body can you know not cope with being that that low in calories for for a particular amount of time um whereas nowadays you know we got flexible dieting where you know you can pretty much eat whatever whatever you want within reason, um, but uh, still, you know, have those clean meals because at the end of the day, you still need to eat, you know, right amount of protein, right amount of carbs, right amount of fats. Um, what are your thoughts on things so, like flexible dieting? Flexible dieting, think, I think it's actually a, a really good thing. Um, personally, I, I, I do it myself. Um, going back from like the bro stuff to now this, you have a bit more freedom, you know, using MyFitnessPal. I think there's some other apps as well, but I use MyFitnessPal. Um, I find that it's more sustainable um, to you know everyday life. So you know where I'd go out, and uh, you know everyone would be having like nice meals and stuff like that. And I'll bring my my chicken and salad or whatever. You know, bring my own meals. It's kind of you know I didn't care at the time, but you know some people. It's more the people around you that go, oh, what's he doing? And you know. Whereas like flexible dining, you know, like you can pretty much pick any sort of healthy part of a menu. You just might need to ask the, the waiter or whatever, can I have it without this or can I have it with this? Um, and you know, it's, I, yeah, I just find it's more sustainable. You don't really feel like you're dieting, if that makes sense. Yeah, so, of course, yeah. Um, 80% of clean foods and then you got that 20% is for me like 
I do is like 20% is like your, your bad stuff. So yeah. Chocolate ice cream, uh, lollies or whatever, just make, making sure that you, you know, you, you can fit into your macronutrients uh, for the day. So. Um, what are some like some basic things that you normally maybe avoid when you're eating out and stuff like that? Like if you're looking to like stay at a certain weight? Um, I would personally avoid any sort of uh, deep fried foods. Uh, you know, they're going to be, you know, they're going to boost your, your calories right up, eating high, higher in fats. Um, some things like uh, anything that's like pretty hard to track, like, you know, you go to like uh, Zambreros, for example, you can choose exactly what you want in your food yeah whereas like other places like uh no i, I mean i think that, i think that in itself is a pretty good tip like um going yeah. to places where you know you're you know you can literally see how they put in like a handful of tomatoes or you can even ask you know what you know like big spoon when they do the meat like how many grams is that normally um yeah, yeah. That, that's a good that's a good tip yeah, so for, for example, like, you know, when you've been doing it for a while, you can almost like eyeball it as well. So you're like, oh, that looks about 120 grams of chicken. So you put 120 grams of chicken um, in like your Montana's bowel and um, they should have like the Zambrero's chicken. So we'll have like the right amount of protein, fats, carbs, and whatever um, in, in the app as well. So I always tend to slightly overestimate. Um, okay, that's a good tip. Yeah. If, if it's safer. Because you don't want to be like, oh, I think that's, you know... Because I think a lot of people probably do the opposite. They probably underestimate and they think like, why am I not losing weight? Yeah, and that's where you can find that you're overeating. If you're going, to like, if you're going out and you sort of undereat that meal or whatever, that's not really going to set you back as much as, you know, as if you go, oh, yeah, that would be fine. Like, you know, that's only, you know, you know, half a cup of rice when it could be a cup of rice and then you're like, oh, I'm not losing weight. You know, yeah, yeah exactly. of course. No, no, that's good. All right, another question that I had for you is, because um, this is probably, you know, you probably get this question on Instagram and stuff probably pretty often, like, how how do you deal with um, trying to get enough protein in? Uh, is it just protein shakes and that sort of stuff, or are you more of a believer in, like, just whole foods? Like, what's your take on that? Um, definitely whole foods are going to be, obviously, the more bene- beneficial side of things. You get more uh, overall experience. It's, it's better for your body to break it down. Um, takes a bit longer to digest so for example you eat a whole meal you're gonna feel a little bit fuller for longer other than you know having a you know just a protein shake um pretty much like like any sort of supplement it is there to supplement your needs if need being it's not always necessary but you know if you're not getting enough protein it's like oh you know i've I've eaten most of my protein today i only need 25 grams of protein for example um one scoop of protein, you yeah, pretty much most of them now are about 20, 25 grams of protein per serve. So, um, and then that one shake pretty much get you there. So, I think relying on them too much, it's not good. Um, really, for your body as well, like consuming too much because you, you're going to be hungry and you're not getting those extra um, vitamins or minerals that you will do from uh, normal foods. Yeah, of course. Um, what what supplements do you normally take? What are your what are things that you recommend and things that have worked well for you over the time? Um, obviously, protein um, you know is is an essential one, uh, particularly if you find it hard to get your protein um, in the days. Um, also, if you're pretty busy on the go, um, grabbing a protein shake after the gym, um, you know it's going to be quite beneficial. Get your protein up, help recovery. Um, you're good to go. Um, and you can pretty much carry it with you anywhere. 
Uh, creatine I found to be beneficial as well. Um, I used to use a lot of the BCA products. I still do now, but basically uh, new research shows that BCAs aren't as beneficial as what they sort of made it out to be. Yeah. Um, but I still drink it just because, you know, it helps me get my water intake and, um, and, and they taste good. So um, that's why I use that. Uh, multivitamins, fish oils, um, vitamin D and uh, milk thistle as well is something that I use quite regularly too. Okay, what's that? Just the liver detox. Okay, yep, yep. Was there, yeah, so, was there a reason for that or? Uh, just with um, like consuming tablets and stuff like that, it can be taxing on the liver over a period of time. Uh, so that's, that's what I've been okay. sort of following. Uh, yep. Yeah. Um, with the creatine, with the creatine and stuff, um, it's been years since I've taken any. Uh, did you ever muck around with? Like, I, I guess I'm just asking. Like, do people still take like monohydrate, or do they play around with the different variations of it? Like, what are people doing nowadays with, with creatine? Uh, for for myself, I use the monohydrate because it's been around the longest. It shows like true science that it actually does increase um, you know your strength and your performance. Um, so that's what I always use. Um, I don't cycle it like people say that you need to, you know, load it and then for like a few weeks and then you like sort of back off. It doesn't make any sort of difference. I just take five grams uh, per day, pretty much with like a protein shake. Yeah. Some creatine um, will come in pre-workout, so the pre uh, the pre-workout that I take comes with five grams of creatine in there already. So oh, yeah. I'm getting ten for the day so um but i know i'm a little bit out of the other supplement stuff now but with some of the other creatines but there's like a creatine nitrate and there's creatine uh hydrochloride which is supposedly faster reacting creatines but there's not i don't know too much about like the science and research with, done with it i just know well i've heard that they are faster absorbing not necessarily get results quicker but yeah, yeah there is a few different ones yeah no, that, and that's but, why i was asking yeah. like i know i know that the thought on it has changed over the years so uh, yeah i just wanted to know more of like an up-to-date take um i'm not interested in this question but i know people will ask it or will be pondering it um so like fat burners what's your take on them things like that sorry the fat, fat burners oh fat burners um yeah i i use them um I pretty much use them to basically every morning just to sort of pick me up a bit, to be honest. Um, there are fat burners that are pretty much just like there's a whole bunch of stims that chucked into the product and basically just helps you like just get hypo and you know, pretty much like a pre workout. And there's no real sort of fat burning benefit behind it and such. Like there are, um, you know, creatine, not creatine, caffeine does help, well, I suppose, assist with with uh, the fat burning side of things. Um, but there are also fat burners that do contain other ingredients that help assist with uh, weight loss. Whether they're, um, they're, it's one of those things that's, it's not essential, but people will still use them um, and find that it will still help. Like when I was competing, I used fat burners both my, um, both my competitions and you know, I still lost weight. But they're not, they're not essential, not something that I personally always push to people. It's pretty much like uh, pre-workouts. 
Um, they're not essential. You can still, you know, lift and perform well in the gym without these things. Um, it all comes down to your training and your diet at the end of the day. You can still, for example, losing weight with uh, fat burners. Um, as long as you're in that calorie deficit, that's where you're going to lose weight. Fat burner, you know, taking fat burner and eating excessive amount of calories, you're not, you're not going to lose weight. So, yeah, of course. Um, some people do wonder like, oh, if I take this fat burner, can I, am I just going to lose weight? And it's like, oh, no, you need to apply right training, right diet. I know. Uh, it's just it's it's too hard of the answer. It's not the answer I think people want to hear often. No, that's the thing. But sometimes a lot of people don't really want to hear the right answer or the answer that they really want to hear. Yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah. <laughs> um, all right. Next up, I want to talk about training a little bit. So, um, what I know you play around quite a lot with your training and stuff like that, which is uh, one of the things I quite like about you, Jeremy. Like you're always happy to experiment and and try different things out. Um, Injuries aside, um, just for bodybuilding, what have you found to be the best sort of training methods that you've utilized? Uh, for bodybuilding, um, pretty much comes down to hypertrophies, to hypertrophies, building the muscle. Um, so for me, I always go with a relatively heavy weight and stick between, say, six and 12 reps. Um, I find that's like your, your more hypertrophy uh, area to sort of stick with. Um, in saying that I combine strength training as well because a stronger muscle is you know, eventually going to be a bigger muscle too. So combining those two things together uh, for me personally has, has helped me along my journey. Um, not, you know, from, from the start, you know, I was doing a lot of supersets and, you know, not really understanding the right types of training. Um, I just get a massive pump and thinking that, oh, I'm going to get massive with it these pumps and it wasn't always the case so and I wasn't necessarily getting stronger so I sort of changed my training to yeah adding some strength and then adding some hypertrophy stuff in there too and um, that's where I found my best results yeah that's cool um how what's your take on is there is there muscle groups that you prefer to work with uh free weights versus machines and like where would be the differences that you found um, so with the free weight side of things, I definitely would be more like your yeah, strength side of stuff, um, like your comp down movements, like your bench presses, your squats. Um, obviously, you still, you know, build muscle like in the hypertrophy um, stages with those as well. Um, but particularly for beginners, I definitely recommend doing, um, you know, the combination of both the free weights and uh, the isolation movements. So for the smaller muscles, like uh, your biceps, your shoulders, and things like that, triceps even. Um, you can do, uh, you know, your machines where you really want to isolate the muscle. Um, if you find it pretty hard to get like a mind-muscle connection between like four body parts, if that makes sense. So um, even like I really should say like even beginners um, trying to build up the stabilizer in their arms too. Um, so, for example, when I was starting off doing a dumbbell press, you know, I'm right-hand dominant, so I'll push up with this one, and then my left would just sort of drop, and then this one will be more controlled. It's, um, and then moving on to, you know, a, a machine, um, I was able to still slowly build up those stabilizing muscles that when I come back uh, to do those dumbbell presses, my, I eventually built the stabilizers on my in my arms to do that if that makes sense no no it makes it makes heaps of sense like um i know like over the years i've trained with a lot of people and like 
um, just because I've done so much free weight training, I've, like my stabilizing muscles are stronger than maybe my other muscles might look. And there's always like, you know, like I've trained with a lot of people who are like, oh, you're a lot stronger than you might look. And it's just those little stabilizing muscles make such a big difference and stuff like that. But but at the same time, like you just mentioned, I think I think everyone when they're first starting out should definitely like, because you're right, not everyone has that mind-muscle connection at the start. Like, you know, there's been so many times that I've tried to show someone like a basic bicep curl and they're just, they're doing it, but they're not doing it right. And you yeah. try and explain it and they're still not getting it. And um, yeah, I think that what you bring up is a really good point. Like, um, you know, especially like finding the, you know, and different body types, like some machines are just kind of perfectly designed to just make you work that area. I know myself, yeah. like, um, like uh, I've done, you know, so much of like Olympic lifting and powerlifting is pulling off the floor. But for years, I just found like my hamstrings just never really got worked very well. My stronger muscles always took over. And then if I just jump on a hamstring curl machine, I can have the tiniest amount of weight on there. And it just like destroys my hamstrings just because they've um, just haven't been developed as much as the other muscle groups have. Because um, that can be one of the downsides with free weights. You'll keep making your stronger muscle groups stronger and stronger and then your weak ones keep getting lagged behind. Absolutely, that's what I was trying to say. Like with the bicep curl, uh, particularly with beginners, it, not always beginners, you see a lot of guys using a lot of their shoulders and then, you know, they might not feel in their bicep but they're not really isolating that, that muscle. So, you know, going to like a, you know, a machine preacher curl, you're pretty much locked in that position or you can use it biceps. Yeah, exactly. So, um, you know, it's, uh, I can't grow my biceps, you know, I do a lot of dumbbell curls and barbell curls, it's like, well, you might not be isolating muscles as much as you think, so. Yeah. Okay, that brings me to the next question, which is, um, what, are you, what is your best, or what are different strategies, maybe not just a tip, but like, maybe give us your thoughts on like, um, arm development. I know that's something that a lot of guys struggle with, like, um, you know, like actually getting bigger arms and stuff like that. So what have been different methods that you've tried over the years to keep seeing progress? Um, for me, like, when I, when I, you know, going back to cricket days when I was in the gym, all I did was bicep curls. So, for, for me, um, you know, some people are able to get that mind-muscle connection straight away. Like, I can do a bicep, bicep curl and I feel it straight away. Some people don't. Um, and I suppose it can come down to genetics in terms of how big your arms can get, um, too, in terms of, like, yeah, how big they can get in the insertions of, of your arms. Um, for me, I've pretty much done everything there is to do with the arm training. Like I've done, you know, just training biceps first and then training triceps and then supersetting them both. Um, compound movements, isolation movements, uh, high reps, low reps, different um, uh, tempos, you know, slow negatives, holding contractions for like five to 10 seconds even, drop sets, I've, I've done them all. I think doing, you know, for me, it's training can be so much more than one, just one thing. Like, you know, some people can do the exact same exercises every single time and, you know, progress with that way, it works with them. For me, I have to keep it interesting. Well, I have to, not all my workouts will be back same. Um, so for, for arm development, I think just exploring different ways of training your arms, hitting different angles, making sure that you're hitting, you know, for example, triceps, all three heads of the tricep with biceps, you know, hitting, obviously, by being two, you hit, you hit both biceps, like the longer head, the shorter head, 
and then you even throw in the hammer curls and things like that to develop your forearms as well. So, um, yeah, 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 just mix it up, make, make, mix it up basically. Yeah. yeah um, mix it. Uh, the other question that you probably get often is uh, shoulder development. What are, what are different strategies that you've worked around with that? With shoulders, um, for me, I've been pretty lucky to have pretty rounded shoulders uh, naturally. So um, what I found worked for me was side raises. So I did a lot of side raises, barely any shoulder presses. I, that's And even now, I don't do too many shoulder presses because from cricket, I get little twinges in my, in my shoulders. So... Um, I find some shoulder pressing is uncomfortable for me um, and I find that you know shoulders pretty much develop that that uh, front head of the dry, of the, the shoulder sorry um, and I find doing bench press you know I'm still going to develop those parts of my muscle anyway um, and to really get those those rounded shoulders pretty much down side raises um, and a lot of people do neglect uh, the rear delt obviously behind the shoulder so to get that real sort of complete look of the shoulder you want to hit you know those three heads but for me I found doing side raises and a lot of uh, rear delts basically help with my shoulder development yeah yeah um, yeah it's always like people I think people struggle with side raises just because they're hard um, it's, it's, yeah. it's, it's a little weight movement yep. so you don't doesn't boost the ego or anything and with rear delts I exactly. think it's just easier to forget that just forget that muscle group you can't see it um, you know, it's going to take so long to develop as well. So people, I think people get discouraged with it. Yeah, I think shoulders is one of those muscle groups people just really don't like training because it's and it's know, like, and it's yeah. ironic because I think it's the one that if you if you have big you could have nothing else and if you have big shoulders it looks like you're training a lot. Yeah, that, that, that's the thing. It's like yeah, I just, I just believe people just don't like training. It's just. Like sometimes I have days where I'm like, man, this is boring. But you know, adding them onto like a chest day, um, or even arms, I found that you know gives me more of a reason to hit shoulders a bit more. Yeah. Um, and I think that you know when you, you know when you hit when you hit chest or arms or whatever, you know you look you look really good straight away. And then when you hit shoulders, it's not overly too impressive. It doesn't really boost the ego much. And um, you know, you could go from doing a you know, 100 kilo bench press, but then, you know, you can do like a 40 kilo shoulder press. It's not overly too good for the ego or whatever, I suppose, for some people, but that's, you know, that's a part of it. And I think, yeah, I, I, I just believe with shoulders, you just need to keep doing a lot of raises. Yeah, yeah, no, that, that's good advice. Um, what about traps and stuff like that? Do you train traps specifically? Are you somebody who doesn't really? What are your thoughts on it? What, what, are, you th- really- what are your thoughts on traps and abs? Because I know that those two muscle groups um there's different thoughts on it in the bodybuilding community yeah so with traps and stuff um i know a lot of bodybuilders that do uh train traps um like they they love doing shrugs and everything like that and um yeah personally for me i'm I'm, i've done them but i don't go out of my way to really train them to be honest um i'm not sure if i should but it for me, I just haven't really had an interest in training too many traps. Um, some people develop like really good traps um, from doing a lot of side races wrong, so they tend to struggle. Yeah, they, yeah. Um, I find that a lot of people develop their traps, and even though they don't train traps, um, yeah, they develop quite nice ones. Um, 
but yeah, I think I think it just comes down to personal preference, really. Um, I found doing deadlifts and uh, even um, rack pulls uh, heavy enough. I feel I'm definitely more in my traps too, um, and some back movements uh, um, like any sort of high rows or anything like that too, face pulls and things like that can develop sort of a bit of traps um, as well. With abs as, uh, also, I don't train abs personally. Um, I used to train abs like religiously when I was uh, beginning my training because I was all about arms and abs, you know, as every other 16-year-old kid is. Um, but uh, for me, I'm lucky enough to have a pretty well-developed midsection um, when I do cut down enough weight. And um, I find that, yeah, I don't really really need to train abs. Some people, you know, love training abs. They do, you know, a thousand crunches a day and, um, you know, they have phenomenal, uh, phenomenal midsections. And some people, depending on the how their abs have all the structure, um, they do, you know, a million abs, the reps a, a day and that they don't always look that developed. So I'm pretty sure, um, I'm always like, you can pretty much develop abs with, with diet, basically. That's that's been me. So, but I think it's easy for me to say because, luckily, like my shape is actually pretty good. So, yeah, I haven't had to worry running abs too much. Yeah, and I think for anyone listening, like, um, you know, you're lifting heavy, like you're putting your your midline through enough stress. Like, if you're doing squats or front squats or deadlifts, like anything where you're loading your spine, like your abs are yep. getting a lot of indirect, even if you start lifting pretty heavy and you're doing anything from around your shoulder section, like your abs yep. are stabilizing. You do that over years, like you'll develop abs. Yeah, you develop abs pretty much just from those, uh, yeah, those heavy compound movements. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, cool. So I guess, um, I know you've explored a few different types of training methods. Um, what's, what are you looking forward to in the future? Like, you're going to try and do bodybuilding again? Are you going to try and try out a different sport? Um, what are your thoughts? Um, I'll, <laughs> I'll probably continue with the bodybuilding side of things. I, I really do want to compete again. Um, 2020, I was looking at doing a season B, which would have been around October this year, but, you know... Um, COVID and stuff. Yeah, ruined everything. So, um, uh, at the moment... Um, I'm still trying to find uh, a good spot to be able to train consistently, um, balance work and, and life and everything like that. Um, and once I feel like I'm on top of that, it's probably when I look at doing the bodybuilding uh, show again. So maybe season B next year, so 2021, providing everything well. I'm to a bodybuilding competition then. Um, in the meantime, I'm just going to try and you know, get back into the routine of uh, developing a you know, a good structured program, um, weight training, diet, um, and just balancing it all really um, around my life. So, um, I really, I really actually would like to get back to doing some CrossFit session uh, sessions with you guys as well because uh, that was that was actually really fun. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's definitely fun. It's definitely, um, you know, it's uh, CrossFit's really engaging. Um, you know, especially if you've been doing lots of like um, training on your own and stuff like that, and. Uh, it's, it's definitely uh, mixes up training. I think it just opens it up, like you're just utilizing different movements and all that sort of stuff. So if you're someone listening oh. who just is always doing like, you know, traditional movements, like um, it can just be something good to do just so you open up and you realize that there's just um, just a myriad of other exercises you can probably be utilizing to, to chuck into your routine. 
Yeah, no, I mean, I know, I know exactly what you mean. I mean, I think that's also like a really good thing to note about, um, just like probably any good gymnast, like gym community. Like, if you find yourself a good training place, you'll find people that like, you know, want to lift you up. Um, you know, like, you know, like when you come down to the gym, like we all want you to PR and stuff. Do you know what I mean? Like, like your your wins, I win, and then that pushes you, and then you know, like it 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 helps you get people motivated. Yeah, it's friendly competition, whereas I think sometimes at the gym it's a bit too ego-driven and there's a lot of, like, you, know, you can get a lot of glares and things like that, you know. Not not saying all gyms are like that, but there's definitely out there which, you know, particularly if you're new into the, uh, you know, the fitness industry. Yeah, definitely, yeah, yeah, 100%. Um, I definitely think, um, like, I've always I've, I've always thought this and I've thought think this more and more as time goes on, um, like uh, I guess people's path into like training I think is a bit backwards like I think when people are newer to training they people join in like a commercial general like a general gym um, which is pretty like advanced sort of gym to go to really because like there's not as much instruction like you're out there to defend for yourself like you're right you do get a lot of looks from people and sometimes you don't know what you're doing um, so definitely encourage if people are newer to training to um to join like a community-based gym just so you do have that coaching behind you absolutely just build up yeah um so jeremy if people want to find you uh where can they do so um so probably the biggest platform i'm on is uh, instagram so it would be at jeremy Alton with um yeah that, that's pretty much me i've got a youtube channel but i haven't been on that for about four years so i won't even bother with that yet but um who knows i might be back on the channel okay cool um, I, um instagram is probably going to be the best place to hear me any other place like i'm pretty pretty good with trying to get back to on their questions um if they shoot me a message or comment i'm always willing to try and help out in any way i can um so i'll post regularly like trying to post more regular uh workouts and uh useful tips and stuff like that too so no that's cool uh, it's definitely a good account to check out guys so make sure to go over there and give them a follow um, thank you very much for your time today, Jeremy. I won't take up more of it. Um, hope you stay safe. And um, yeah, hopefully we can all go back to training in a couple of days. Can't wait for it. Appreciate it, man. All good. Thank you very much for listening to the show today, crew. Um, hope you enjoyed it. It's on iTunes, so please head over there and give it a nice review. Um, and I'll bring out more interesting podcasts for you like this one. All right. Take care. Hey crew, thank you very much for listening to today's show with Jeremy. Like I said before, if you'd like to follow Jeremy, you can do so at JeremyAllison underscore on Instagram. If you like the show, you can follow it at Better You Project Podcast on Instagram. And if you'd like to follow myself, you can do so at Raul CFDU, R-A-U-L CFDU. Anyway, crew, thank you very much for listening to today's show. Hope you enjoyed it and hopefully you're back next week for another show. Take care and peace.